Hello, and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Carrie. And I'm Tanya. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode 113. Today we'll be talking about our summer plans for reflection and renewal. We'll also share highs and lows from our teaching week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, offer a work smarter, not harder teacher tip, and in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started. So it's time for us to talk about some highs or lows from the teaching week. Um, this past week was our last full week of teaching. And we have um, three more days, and we will both get out right before Memorial Day in our district. I know some people go into June, and bless you. Yeah. In a good way. I mean, really, for reals. The force, may the force be with you. <laughs> Odds be ever in your favor. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what do you have, Carrie? You have a high, you have a low? Oh, my gosh. It could be multiples of both this time of year. There's so many things going on, you know, the challenges of packing up classrooms and the sadness of saying goodbye to kids. And as we are moving to a new school, both you and I next year, Tanya, I don't know, there's so many things, but I'm going to go high just because I feel like I want to be positive today. Um, so I kind of have, Tanya already knows this very well, but I kind of have a new, very small little side gig. Is that what we call it? Extra responsibility. So in our district, we have um, what are called teacher leaders, which are like mentor teachers for um teachers who are new to the district or just new to the profession in general. Tanya has been our representative music teacher leader, mentor for many, many years and has rightfully so decided it's time to to take a step back from that. And so I'm going to do it now for our district. I and, pass um, the baton to you. Yeah. You and I'm really excited because teaching teachers is something that I enjoy doing. Obviously, we do it through this podcast and workshops we give and presentations and all that. And this is just another way for me to hone those skills and work with teachers, um, you know, especially working with teachers new to the profession. It really excites me. But, um, you know, teachers new to our district as well. And we had our first training, um, you know, and I have to say, like, sometimes I'm really not someone who likes those kind of things like, oh, let's all go through these get to know you protocols um, because they're going to help you with your own kids in your classroom. Sometimes I can kind of poo poo those things. But I really decided, OK, this is a new adventure. I'm going to go into this with an open mind. And I really was was enjoying learning some new techniques in that area, especially thinking about the fact I'm going to be in a new school next year and getting to know a lot of new kids so you know not only is it me providing some professional development and mentoring and coaching to others but it's also me receiving it as well as being a teacher of teachers so anyways I'm just excited about this new role it's just a you know a new adventure and a new challenge but I'm really excited about it and they are very lucky to have you I'm so glad that you took that on well and I'm thankful to you for doing it for so many years and I hope I do the job justice Tanya. Oh you will. They'll be. I'll call you a few times and be like uh how do I do this? (laughs) And I got to share my Google folder of all of my things. I got some things. Oh yes please that would be great. Mm -hmm. All right what about you Tanya? Would you like to have a high note or a low note? Well I'm gonna lock Lomond again on you and take the low road. Uh (laughs) 
just because I don't know. I mentioned this to you before, I, and you said that's a high. But um, I was at my home school uh, yesterday. Wait, wait, what day is it? A couple days ago, I was at my home school, and I had a substitute at my traveling school, um, and I was there because I was playing piano for our end of the year recognition assemblies, and I traditionally lead them in America the Beautiful and then in our school song at the very end. So I was there for that. Um, and my principal was kind enough to give me some time. You know, she paid for my sub so that I could be there and do that. And that was a very good closure activity for me. But anyway, um, as kids are walking in, uh, this is a week that I'm not supposed to be there. And then one of the fourth graders walking in sees me and says, hey, what are you doing here? I thought you were on vacation, which, and I, I, okay. So yeah, you could, I, I, I took it as a low because I've been thinking a lot about being a traveling teacher. Yeah. Um, this was my third year being a traveling teacher. And I, there's several people in our district who have been traveling for longer than that. And my husband is also a traveling teacher and he will be a traveling teacher next year as well. Um, and his situation, he is teaching, uh, well, anyway, he his teaching his traveling school is going to be yet another new to him school, and I was just kind of this past week wrapped up in the woes of what it is to be a traveling teacher in our district. I don't know how it is in other districts, but I just was I'm overall frustrated on how our district says they value art, music, PE, and we're very lucky that they create full-time positions for us. But it's just very frustrating to be shuffled around yeah. each year. And I've only done three years of it, right? Um, and as much as I try to, without going on a tangent, I try to explain to the children, like, when I'm not here, I'm not at home eating bonbons and hanging out and listening to music. I am at a different school and that school school's called blah, blah, blah. And I teach this many classes at that school. So when you don't see me, when you don't see Mr. Gasson, when you don't see our PE teacher, we are at other schools teaching. Yeah. Right. And it just kind of illuminated this whole thing. I mean, it's one kid saying this, but it just kind of made me feel like, so on top of everything, the community, the the students, the parents, the families, they might think that we're just lazing about when they don't physically see us. I don't think the adults think that. But... I well, okay. Now here's another thing. I, I was setting up for the for the recognition assembly, and I was and one of the moms I was talking to, and she was like, "Oh, you go to a different school? I didn't know that." So. Well, I, yeah. they don't know. And, they don't and know it, that we're going to another school, but I don't think they think when we're not. Well, I don't know. I, I can't say. What that we're eating bonbons? But whatever. The kids are eating uh. bonbons. Well, the reason why I chuckled and I said I think it's a high is like because t to me it falls into that camp of like I think kids, even kids of older elementary school, sometimes forget 
that we even have a life outside of school and that we do things, you know, it's like when you run into a kid at the grocery store or wherever and they look at you like, oh my gosh, you exist outside of your classroom. So I think there's always that funny little disconnect with kids when it's like, when you're not there physically in front of them, you don't exist. (laughs) (laughs) And I understand. And I, I mean, I know that I've been in a vulnerable place because I've been thinking a lot about this kind of traveling situation. So I know that I was like primed to take that negatively, but I just feel like, wow, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And it's, it's not just the perception of when you're not here, you're on vacation from a kid's point of view. But I also wonder, okay, teachers, administrators, like, man, I know you have worked hard. I have worked hard this year and it is hard being a traveling teacher. I think I have worked harder as a traveling teacher and it just kind of, how can I say, um, it's not awesome. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's not awesome to work so hard and have people go, Oh, what are you doing here? I thought you were on vacation. You're on vacation. Yeah. So, you know. So it's just a little, it was just a, you're right. I I shouldn't be taking it that way. He probably thinks I sleep at the school, you know? No, but like you said, it wasn't, it's not so much thinking about the kid and how he said it. It's just how that represents. Yeah. It just feels, it feels feels like it represents. It feels icky. It feels like, wow, why am I doing, why am I working so hard? Why am I bending over backwards to try to make people in two different communities um, satisfied and anyway it, it just it, it it was the wrong time it was the wrong place uh, it uh, was the wrong state of mind and I maybe it needs to I need to um, recontextualize it as a sign that I need to shift my um, well I mean on the one hand I go well that's over now because now I'll be at one school all the time. But I just want to keep in mind our traveling teacher peers. Yeah. Other teachers because they, there's people who are still going to be doing these jobs and I really feel for them. And, and I, I, I want their, pe- the perception to be better for our traveling teachers because that is a hard thing to do. And I feel for them. And I, if you're a traveling teacher, I understand what hard work you put in just to maintain a great program at both schools. Yeah. You know. Totally. So now it's time for our main theme where we're going to talk about some summer plans, but also in the context of reflection and renewal. And, um, you know, Tanya and I have talked many times on this podcast about the importance of closure, whether it's closure at the end of a school year, closure when you're leaving a building and going to a new one, like Tanya and I both are this year, um, closure of a certain time in your life, you know, all of those things. So in an attempt to bring ourselves a little bit of closure, Tanya and I are going to have a little reflective moment. I have a few questions planned for us here, Tanya, and we're going to think about our last school year. And, you know, we know what a challenging year it was still within 
this global pandemic that we are dealing with all the time. And, you know, so we invite you, listener, to also reflect on these questions, whether you're a writer or you process better by speaking to another, you know, colleague or talking back to us right now, even though we can't hear you. We know you're there, so thank you. Um, But we're just going to ask ourselves some of these questions, and these are very big, broad questions, but we're going to try to answer them briefly so then we can move on to the summer part and the renewal part in the second half of this. Yes, yes. So starting with the classic question of what is the success, starting with something positive, what's something that you can feel proud of leaving this year, Tanya? Um, well, after having disjunct a couple of disjunct school years where we did not get to do all of the usual things, um, I think I was successful this past school year in bringing back some of these big units that I've done in the past, like ukulele, like keyboards, did not do recorders, right? Um, But I think that bringing back those things really, bringing back keyboards, bringing back ukuleles, it was great to see my older kids really excited about different ways to be musical especially after two years of some time on the screen and some time in class, but not making these formations of circles. I I was also able to bring back several singing games. And yes, in these past few months, we have been touching hands. Um, We have the sanitizer, hand sanitizer ready to go. But so I think this whole idea of, I was able to show how we can be a musical community in our classroom again after really being cut off from that. I mean, we we tried that as much as we could, right? Those of us who were teaching through, um, and, and we're not done with the pandemic. I am very aware of that. But I think that I was able to bring back some of the classroom music community that we had pre-pandemic. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, yeah, same with that. Um, Another thing, and this is a small thing, but I think it represents a big thing. Um, I I chose not to have any sort of choir situation. I mean, A, because I was traveling between two schools and hadn't wrapped my head around it yet. And B, you know, at the beginning of the year, we still just didn't know. We were still masked and we still didn't know, you know, how much singing we should do and all that. So I just I just didn't do it this year. And at the end of the year, it was field day time, and I was asked by our PE teacher, well, could you get a group of kids together to sing the national anthem at field day? And, you know, normally that's when I would say, oh, yeah, my choir can do that. But in this case, I just asked, and this was just at my home school, I asked all the third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade classes who would like to sing. And I, I teach at a fairly small school of, you know, around 210, 215 Um, And I got 40 kids to sign up to sing the national anthem in third, fourth, fifth, and sixth grade, which for a a school that hasn't been doing a lot of singing and hasn't had these kind of, you know, uh, extra opportunities, I was pretty pleased. And, you know, the singing wasn't as in tune as I'd like, but their enthusiasm was there. And I think what that reminded me of is the success being that, you know, I think we were all afraid with this pandemic situation the effects of music making in general like will we ever have choirs again will we ever have concerts again will people ever be able to gather in groups and enjoy music and so that to me was a success that the kids are still craving those things and they're still excited about those things and those things can and will come back and that just that that one little moment made me really happy about that that fact that 
you know, group music making is not gone and live music experiences are not gone. They are still there and we're excited to do them. So that to me was a success. Yes. Awesome. So what was a struggle or failure, Tanya, if you can pinpoint one example or one theme? Okay, boy, so many. Um, Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go with kindergarten. I am struggling with the new kindergarten where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught three kindergarten. No, sorry. Yes, three kindergarten classes. That's it. And two of those three, I. It's really a struggle to see if they've learned anything and I'm not talking musically I'm talking about um just some self-regulation behaviors and some um executive functioning skills I there's a big deficit at least in some behavior in, in with behavior in some kindergarten classrooms and it is not because of the kindergarten teachers. I know these kindergarten teachers and I've taught their classes years and years and years. And it's not that, um, I know we're going to be blaming things on 2020, 2021, but it's just, I'm learning, I'm relearning where kindergarten is at with their executive functioning skills and how to get them to move to, to get some skills in that area. And it was a struggle for me this year. Um, and I mean, we can put it all down to so many things like, okay, so I saw them for a week straight, but then I didn't see them for two weeks. But then, you know, they went to art and they went to PE and I know my colleagues are working on those same things. And I just had some moments at the very end of the school year where I thought, oh my, we're still not understanding raising a hand and it's just like august it, uh-huh. it, some of the things that are happening feel just like what was happening in august and so i just had to think you know i didn't break it down i i don't think that i worked enough on some of those skills not that i can do it all of course but i think we're all working on those skills and I don't think I was successful in my part of what it means to be in the music room, in the classroom, and sorry, I bumped the microphone. Um, anyway, so uh, that's just a, a general feeling that I think kindergarten is different now, and I need to adjust. Yeah, yeah, I think so many of us felt that I definitely felt it with kinder too. And for me, my struggle, it was, it was interesting because I think the lowest, the youngest kids, meaning like kindergarten, youngest age, and then oldest kids were the struggle for me. And I think about, you know, the kindergartners that they're lacking those social skills and those executive functioning skills. But then I saw it in our fifth and sixth graders at my school because so many of our students were in an online or hybrid situation last year. And I think there was just this assumption that, well, we kind of had to make this assumption that our older kids can handle it. They can handle it. We can throw this stuff at them and they'll be fine. And we put a lot of, you know, trust and 
and understanding that they didn't need those us to teach them those executive functioning skills. They were going to have to just figure it out real darn quick. And a lot of kids did. But what I saw coming back with my older students this year is just not a lot of endurance and not a lot of resilience when it comes back to being in in an educational setting again. Um, Yes. um, You know, yes, there's a reason why we don't wear hats and hoods at school. And that can be debated, you know, within your own school community. But once we decide as a school community, that's our role, then that's our role. And having to have that conversation so many times with kids, um, cursing and swearing was a huge issue with my And let's be clear, you're not talking kindergarten. No, no, now I'm talking about older kids. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. But but what I'm saying is I think there is a parallel in what you mentioned, the executive functioning skills, because I think, you know, with the littlest ones, they just didn't get it yet. And with the oldest ones, we just kind of assumed that they had it and then we forgot to teach them, you know, where maybe with the middle kids, I don't know, this could just be in my own situation. I feel like my first through fourth graders, they kind of were able to bounce back a little easier this year. Maybe they're just a little bit more flexible. Maybe they're just a little bit more, you know, willing to go with the flow. But the oldest kids, I felt major resistance to them being back in a structured school setting. So, you know, just they'll just pull chips out of their pocket and just start eating at any point in time or they're chomping on gum or, like I said, swearing, um, taking out their phones, wearing clothing that's against our dress code. And I think so much of that is because they were just at home where they didn't have to think about those things. And I think we as an educational community, when we came back in this fall, you know, this past fall, fall of 2021, we're like, oh, yay, we're back to normal. And we didn't. We knew that it was going to be hard, but we didn't realize how hard it was going to be, right? So, you know, we did the best we could with the time we had, and so many of our kids did flourish and do well, but I just know in my world, a lot of my older kids struggled. So that, to me, was a big struggle and failure, was feeling like I didn't connect with them as well as I could have. The sixth graders who are leaving right now, there are so many of them I don't feel connected to, and that's unfortunate because this is the time of year when you want to celebrate those connections, and for some of those kids, I just don't feel like we have them. And that's, that's sad for me, but. I agree. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, can I ask the next question? Oh, yes. Okay. Your turn to answer first. Okay, good. What surprised you with the school, school year? You know, what surprised me was when we stopped wearing masks, how much easier it was to teach. Because obviously, I mean, we were all proponents of, I mean, not we were all, but like you and I, Tanya, were proponents of, yes, yeah. we need to wear masks. And of course, I'm never going to argue the importance of mask wearing for those reasons that we needed to do it. But oh my, when the masks came off, I realized and it surprised me how much easier it was to teach again. So, oh, yeah. Um, you know, that was just, it was a pleasant surprise, but it was a surprise. Yes, I totally agree. Um, that was, it was a nice surprise, like you said, um, because wow, it was exhausting Mm -hmm. even with a microphone Mm -hmm. and it was very hard not seeing kids mouths and they not seeing our mouths. And, um, I will say I was also surprised at how many, with the younger kids, how many speech delays I think we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I am not, I, I, I am a proponent of protecting ourselves and masking. And we know that that makes a difference. So I'm not saying 
burn them all. I'm not definitely not saying that. As a matter of fact, I'm going to two concerts this next week. And me and my husband were talking about like, yeah, we're going to mask up because two nights in a row, we are going to be on the floor, you know, standing room only in these concerts. And we know that there's been a surge lately and we would like to remain COVID free. So, um, yeah, I, I was surprised with, by that too. Yeah. But I was going to mention a, a different surprise. Um, wow. I feel like I'm being a real downer, but I'm kind of surprised that I have a few, um, colleagues and acquaintances and friends who are just leaving the teaching profession. Yeah. And I shouldn't be surprised, but yeah, we kind of knew it was coming, but now that we're yeah, here. But it, the people that I know that are leaving are people that I just thought were lifers. And and that's not to put, place blame on anyone to say, how how could you leave? But I'm just surprised at, um, I, like I said, we shouldn't be surprised. In a way, it kind of makes me feel like, wow, I'm not crazy. Yeah. This really has been hard. Yeah. You know? I mean, if so-and-so, who I've just admired so much and who has been like um, just this wonderful advocate for music education, if that person is leaving the profession, what does that say about where we're at? Mm-hmm. So I have been surprised about people leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Which, you know, makes the summer renewal piece that much more important in my mind because that that burnout feeling is it's heavy upon many of us right now so we'll talk about that in a minute but yeah we will okay um and carrie you can go first on this fun one what are you looking forward to next year yeah so i mean we've already mentioned it tanya and i are both going to new school communities next year, being in a full-time non-traveling position, I'm definitely looking forward to. But, um, you know, like I mentioned with the the field day ad hoc choir, I'm just, I am looking forward to performances again. I'm committing myself and, you know, my schedule to having performances and a choir at my, at my new school. So I'm excited to get back to that. You know, I'm cautiously optimistic about this year feeling more back to normal. We kind of all said that about last year and then realized very quickly it wasn't back to normal yet. And then that was kind of a downer. So I I don't want to say, yay, we're 100% back to normal because I don't want that to slap me in the face later. But, um, you know, if we need to wear masks again, so be it. If we need to socially distance again, you know, I I think flexibility is always going to be the path forward. So, you know, not to, you know, pigeonhole myself into specific plans, but just saying in general, I'm looking forward to performances again, choirs again, and just settling into a new school community, which I hope I will be at for a very long time. Yes, exactly. How about you, Tanya? Probably many of the same. (laughs) Oh, same, Cease. Um, This shift to another school um, really has come at the exact right time for me in my career. I've been teaching for, um, well, 24 years in this district, but really 27 years total. Um, And I would like to end my career at this new building. Um, And I'm just feeling very, very fortunate that this just was just the perfect opportunity at the perfect time. And being that it was my traveling school, I've gotten to know some of the staff and some of the students. 
And so it's not a mystery of like, ooh, will this be a good fit? I've, I've been in the building quite a bit. And for the last two years, I've, you know, gotten to just feel around for what it's like there. And I'm really excited to join this community and to establish some new traditions musically. And I'm really, I'm getting the, the vibes that um, they will be very welcoming and are very excited to do some of the things that I'm really excited to, to bring back. And performances is one of those things. And you know, field trips to the Colorado Symphony Orchestra. And I just am really excited to start in, start over, I guess, kind of, sort of, um, in a place where I can commit myself to one building. And um, boy, not schlepping stuff is a big thing, too. And it sounds like such a small thing, just throwing some manipulatives or some um, hand percussion in a box and rolling along. It doesn't sound like a big deal. It is the big deal yep. to move uh, things because it's not just physically moving the things. It's also a mental switch. Mm -hmm. um, and then coming into a new space or not a new space, but a space like, okay, all right, here I am. Where is everything now? Um, I've shared this room with the art teacher and the PE teacher and everyone's done an awesome job of of you know putting things where they go and but it's still hard it's just hard to i think it just takes a lot of um energy to just switch into okay now i'm in this space and now i got to remember this is how the projector works or oh this is where the tambourines are oh and if i want boom whackers i got to go here like all of those things they're not any one of them huge but all together they kind of wear you down yeah totally so I'm really looking forward to being in one building and um, putting my energy towards just bonding with the kids and making these musical communities. And I just can't wait. That'll be awesome. Yay. Yeah, me too. All right. So let's now move into talking about summer renewal um, and just like we said earlier, just the importance of that, especially after these very difficult trying years. If you are planning on going back to teaching and back to the profession next year, what are some things that you can do over the summer to really give yourself a break, but also, you know, find that just right balance for you. And everyone's different as far as how much thinking you want to do about school and about teaching over the summer. Do you completely turn your brain off? Do you never check your email once? Or are you somebody who you actually find comfort in doing a little bit of work and planning over the summer. You know, what is the balance for you? And I say it's different for me each summer. Some years I do more, some summers I do less. I kind of feel it as I go. But I think the important part is I don't want to set myself up for, you know, unrealistic expectations as far as this summer I'm going to read so many books and this summer I'm going to get this much done and this summer I'm going to check my email this many times. Like, to me, it's more about feeling it as I go. That's been my process. But... Again, it depends on the summer, how much I want to do. Exactly. So let's okay. talk first about like the personal stuff, turning our school brain off for a minute. What are some uh, priorities for you this summer, Tanya, as far as things that you want to make sure you are doing to renew yourself personally? Well, I need to get outside more. Yeah. I, I think there's a huge difference in my life overall when I can get outside. Um, for the past couple of months, 
it's it's been a challenge but I've been getting up super early and I try to go for a walk or you know sometimes I break into a jog I will not say run because I don't think I'm ever going to be able to say run but <laughs> there it, it takes me I have to get up about 5 10 5 15 in order to like get that in and lately it's been really light out early in the morning which That's is great true. um well my school start time is earlier than yours Carrie and that's why. and and I've got to get kids um to different schools and you do too I know that but um so yeah I got to wake up at about 5 10 or 5 15 but when I'm able to do that and go outside and just walk a bit and listen to music that has made a difference and I think it's the being outside so I want to make sure that I schedule outside times and here in Colorado we have so many awesome hiking areas um, I wish I could be very ambitious and say I'm gonna do my first 14er but I'm not gonna do my first 14er this summer because that's too much pressure I can't take that um, but I do want to I want to schedule hikes and I'm gonna we're going to have some forced family fun with the scheduled hikes. Well, I'll hike with you too, if we want non-kid hike time too. That would be fun. So yeah, Um, we're taking a road trip, me and the family, right after Memorial Day. We're driving to Santa Fe um, and that's where I I started my teaching career in New Mexico. Mm -hmm. So there are some places that I want to show them and there's um, at least one hike that I am very familiar with that I want to do. Um, and so, yeah, I need, especially these first two weeks right out of the gate, when school is out for those first two weeks, my plan is no school, no thinking about school, um, for those first two weeks. Yeah. I think and great. then, you know, I will, um, try to get into a schedule of being outside in the morning. We go to the pool, um, we're we're gonna take it easy but also not be total um potatoes because i i know i could do that as well but that doesn't feel good uh i just i just want to be outside more i want to do more walking i want to do more hiking um i want to spend time with my family i want us to eat al fresco outside even though our backyard is the size of a postage stamp it's still worth it being outside yeah totally yeah and yeah. how about you? I have many of those same things on my list. Um, we are also going to take a road trip as soon as school gets out and go see my family in the Midwest. My husband's family in the Midwest will be gone about um, a week and a half total. And then we come back and my kids are going to do swim team this summer. And that is nice because it does get us on some sort of a schedule. It gets us up and moving in the mornings, although I'm sure there are some mornings they're not going to be happy about how early they have to get up on swim meet days. But um, that's kind of our one organized thing we're doing this summer. So it gets us moving and it gets us outside, which is good. Um, I also definitely want to catch up on reading books for fun. I have a pile of books on my nightstand that I haven't gotten to that I'm sad about. So I'm excited to dig into those. And then um, I have some home organization projects. I do love, I enjoy home organization. So this is something that I don't think of as like a horrible task. I actually really Do you like enjoy it. coming to friends' houses and digging through their kitchen cabinets? I could. Too? I could. No, my goal um, specifically this summer are my kids. I think I've said this before and I didn't get to it 
but this summer it's going to happen. They're like, they're, they're like school memory boxes, you know, like they're, they're, even their baby books need to be updated and I need to add pictures and, you know, thank goodness for Facebook, because that's kind of how I have a running record of when things happened in our life, um, between that and just digital photos in general. But yeah, just making sure I have pictures like printed and then their baby books and then their little, you know, here's what happened in kindergarten folder with their artwork and a couple of their little things, you know, papers and whatever. Um, I have all mm. the stuff. It's just not organized. So I just need to go through and do it. That's my goal. Oh yes. As far yes. as like a personal, but I also like doing it thing. So. Yes. I have the photo books on my, um, yes, I need to schedule that because I've been very bad. I have a whole laptop that I haven't gotten rid of because of the photos on yes, it. Yes, photos. I know. See, digital photos, they're kind of a double-edged sword because it makes it easier for taking and storing, but then what do you do with them? You don't want to lose them if we're not printing them out. You know, yeah, it's, it's hard know what to do about it, but I'm still working on it. So, all right. And then professionally, what are some things that you plan on doing to renew yourself other than our book club, we'll talk about that last. Do you have other things that you're wanting to do this summer professionally? Um, or are you really wanting to turn it off this summer? No, I, that's, it's not possible to turn it off all summer. <clears throat> Once July hits, um, I, I've got to get going because uh, um, I'll be teaching level one uh, Kodai at Colorado State University for the Colorado Kodai Institute. So I kind of got to get my head in the game and I would like to refresh lots of the materials that I'll be giving my level one students. Um, I need to update things like that. I've already started with new song lists for each grade level mm -hmm. where, and it's been great, um, having so many things digitally on Google Drive is that as I've been doing songs, because even though I start with a song list, I always go off um, and add more songs that I'm like, well, I wasn't planning on doing this with third grade, but it just happened because I learned this song and we tried it out and it was a big hit. And then we added these instruments. So anyway, I, I'm trying to get better at listing those other songs on my song lists. Yeah. So my, my plan is, um, to start with the song list. And if, if I wasn't a very experienced teacher, I would start with my concept plans, but my concept plans, they need to be refreshed probably after I do some basic, not even basic, some more detailed song lists of all the songs that we've done in this past year, including the ones that weren't initially on my concept plans. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, totally. So that's my one of my big long range things is because from the song lists and the concept plans will come the year plans. And I do want to do a more thorough year plan for every grade level this year because I feel like the past two years have been really hard to do a, a solid year plan. Yeah with our limitations and times to be online and times that, you know, it's just been, I mean, of course doable. And I know people who have done that, but I just feel like my year plans were not really very useful and not very well done in the past two years. So I want to get back to doing some more solid year plans. Totally. For sure. Yeah. Um, and then you and I have some presentations coming up. That's true. So I, I want to be thinking about that and not have that sneak up on us. Yeah. 
um, because, you know, uh, while I do recycle some workshops and presentations and themes, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just a glutton for, I just can't do this same exact thing ever twice. I, I just have to zhuzh it and go, you know what, but I have a better thing for that. Now, you know, I just, yeah. I can't help myself. That's I have what to. we do as teachers. It's well, yeah, that's exactly what we do. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of loose professional plans. And, of course, our book club. I'm very excited about the book we're going to be reading. And I'm glad to have accountability because that's what I need for that. Yeah. But before we get to that, what about you, Carrie? What about oh. professionally? Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of the same stuff. I mean, we mentioned this on a recent podcast episode too about, you know, refreshing and updating those concept plans because the beauty of that is that they're not time bound, you know, to a specific, even a specific grade or a specific school year. These are just the songs and the activities you will use to teach a certain concept. And once you have good concept plans, it makes lesson planning and yearly planning so much easier. So yes. um, definitely want to be doing that. Um, you know, I'm doing a lot of this now as I'm packing up and editing out my teaching materials and reorganizing things. And, you know, I'm, I've generally been a, I don't go in super early. You know, I'm usually like, whatever our report date back is in August, that's when I go in and I set up my room on that date. I don't go in early, but I know this year I will probably towards the end of summer be going into my new teaching space and getting that organized for myself. Um, the teacher who I'm going in for is retiring and I know she's leaving a lot of things in the classroom, which is lovely and I'm excited, but I'm sure we're actually going to have a lot of doubles of things. So that's going to be something I'm going to really need to spend some time on in early August that I normally don't do. But this year, being in a new room and a new building, I know it's going to happen. Um, so those are kind of my big professional things other than the book club. So should we talk about that? Let's talk about that. Okay. So um, the past few summers, Tanya and I have hosted a podcast virtual book club. And, you know, we joke that we really just do this for ourselves, for accountability, to help each other stay accountable for reading a professional book over the summer. And then it's so much more fun to have a partner to talk about. And so we invite you to join us on this journey. Uh, this summer, we are reading, I think this is the first time we're not reading a specific music education book. So this will be kind uh, of yeah. a fun challenge for us. We are reading Culturally Responsive Teaching and the Brain by Zaretta Hammond. This is a book that is talked about and recommended in so many different teaching circles. And I've had it on my shelf, and I'm just really excited to dig into it this summer. And I think what we'll enjoy doing, Tanya, is talking about applications to music education specifically. So we hope that when you are reading along with us, you'll be having some of the same thoughts of how does this apply to our world as music educators? Because, you know, we have unique and different challenges than a classroom teacher does. Yes. This um, is this is a book that I – well, you gave this to me for my birthday, not even last year. It was I like, did. I did. <laughs> and to quote Lizzo, it's about blank time yep. that we read this book. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So this book naturally divides into three parts. So we are going to have three episodes throughout the summer, and we'll give you approximate dates of when those episodes are going to drop, but also know that it's summer and things change and our lives are flexible. So it might not be exactly on these dates, but we can at least give you some goals as far as reading if you're going to read along with us, which we hope you will. So we're going to discuss part one, which is, oh, I lost the thing with the chapters. 
part one includes chapters one, two, three, and four. We are going to discuss part one on an episode that will drop around June 19th. And then part two, which includes chapters five, six, and seven, we will discuss in an episode that will drop around July 3rd. And then part three, which includes... Uh, chapters eight and nine and then we'll also kind of have a wrap-up at that time we will discuss on an episode that will drop around july 17th then we will put links to the book as well as all of these dates in our show notes so you can refer back to it um but we invite you to read along and then tune into those episodes as you're reading um you know share your thoughts we we, we try to put some posts on social media then both instagram and facebook where you can share your thoughts about the book so we can make it interactive in that way um, but we're excited to dig in. Yes. Yes. This is going to be just exactly what we need right now or even before now. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited that we're going to be diving into this book. And I love that it's got three parts. Very clear. Yeah. Um, so please join us. And like Carrie said, you can reach out to us on our Facebook Music Teacher Coffee Talk page through our Messenger. Please DM us on Instagram. We do check that. I know we haven't had a big presence on um, all the socials lately, and uh, but we're still there. We're <laughs> we just are. we're lurking. I'm lurking. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. This is true. Yeah. So the last thing I want to say about summer, and you know, we've mentioned it throughout, and we talked about it a lot off mic too, Tanya, is just the unimportance of taking breaks and setting boundaries for yourself as an educator, especially this summer. You know, know for yourself what you you can and cannot do when it comes to professional responsibilities and putting yourself first this summer. So with that in mind, we are taking a break until that June 19th podcast. So um, just be aware of that, that we're going to use this time to enjoy our summer, beginnings of summer, and, and then start reading the book. So our next episode will be around June 19th. And then after we do our July 17th podcast episode, um, then we'll take a break again until when we come back in August for back to school stuff. So that is our way of saying we will be taking little boundaries and breaks from this podcast as we spend time with our families and our own personal things in the summer. And we invite you to do the same in your life. Exactly. And now it's time for our Know Better, Do Better segment. Um, Carrie, what should we know? What should we do? <laughs> well, I've been thinking a lot about end of the year, heading into summer break, um, behavioral issues. And, you know, I think for, for many years, you know, I would just say, oh, it's going to be summer break. The kids are squirrely because they're so excited about summer. And for many of our kids, that's true. But what I've grown to understand over my 21 years of teaching all in Title I schools is that, you know, for many of our kids, it's not happy excitement. It's anxiety that we're seeing with our student. And that anxiety rears its head in, in behavioral issues that spike at this time of year. And none of this is new information, I'm sure, and you all know this. Um, but when I was thinking about this, I thought about, well, what can I do as a music educator in my classroom to curb some of that anxiety and hopefully keep some of those behavioral issues a little bit at bay? It's never going to be perfect. But I started thinking about, you know, for some of our kids, that anxiety stems from the fact that 
um, they're not sure what their routines are going to look like in the summer. And this is true for Title I kiddos, but it's, of course, it's true for all kiddos because, you know, if you've got two working parents and now you're going to be in summer camp, for a lot of our kids, that's going to create anxiety if that's going to be a new schedule and unknown. Um, for some of our kids, it's not being able to see your friends on a daily basis and some of your social outlets get cut off. For some of our kiddos, it's not knowing where your next meal is going to be. So there's a lot of stress and anxiety that comes with the summer break. And so these are just a couple of thoughts I had off the top of my head and things that have been shared with me by wise educators about curbing some of that, you know, helping ease some of that anxiety. So first of all, what can we do to maintain our routines and procedures in our own classroom as long as possible, knowing that field day, end of the year assemblies, things are going to happen that are going to disrupt your schedule. But as far as keeping your routines and procedures as consistent as possible for as long as possible, that's going to help our kiddos who really crave that that routine schedule. Um, think about when you're uh, packing up slash tearing down your room, um, you know, how how can you do that in a way that's not going to cause anxiety for your kids? Because if it's, you know, you still got two weeks left of the year and you're starting to pull stuff off the walls and pack stuff up to kids that might be bringing up some feelings and anxiety. So in my case, because I have this big walk-in closet, I've been packing things in there and starting my pack up with things that are not visible to my kids. And I'm saving the things that are visible to them. Yes, I am going to start pulling things off the wall and packing things up. I'm not going to wait till the kids are completely gone because that's not realistic in my world, um, especially yeah. moving to a new school. But I'm leaving my the things that are visible in my class as long as humanly possible because that visual reminder for the kids of we're still in school and things are still solid and okay is important. Um, thinking about the conversations that you might have about summer with your kids. So, you know, as music teachers, I don't think this applies to us maybe as much as classroom teachers, but not having your kids write or have conversations about big summer break plans and vacations, because maybe some of our kids don't have those. And that's going to bring up some feelings of, you know, sadness. If I'm hearing my kid, my classmates going on the vacation to Disneyland, but for my family, that's not even in the realm of possibility. How's that going to make that kiddo feel? So just to be generic with some of those activities like for example if you're doing like a, a campfire sing-along in your classroom you might you know talk about what a camp what a camping experience might look like but not ask kids to reflect on specific when did you go camping because maybe your kids haven't gone camping and other kids have so just to be a little bit more generic and thoughtful about that not asking kids to like recall specific situations that they've been in or will be in because maybe they haven't um, one thing that I will preach is to not have a countdown in your classroom as far as how many days till the end of the year. I know a lot of teachers do this and make it fun and exciting. I've seen some teachers who do like balloon pops, like they've got like 10 balloons and each day they pop a balloon. First of all, popping balloons gives me anxiety. That, that gives so, me anxiety I don't know how people do that, but I really think for, for a lot of kiddos, having that countdown is not the most empathetic way to go about it because again if you've got kids who are worried about the summer who don't I don't know where I'm going to eat in the summer I don't know where I'm going to sleep in the summer I don't know if I'm going to be with mom or with dad I don't know what my summer camp's going to look like that could be just bringing up every day I'm getting closer and closer to that thing that's making me anxious so yes kids are bound to talk about how many days are left in the school year and you can talk about it but having a visual countdown personally I don't do it because I don't think 
it's no, it's I good for all that. kids. And then just finally, just having that piece of empathy in the back of your mind when behavior issues do come up, you know, maybe asking questions of your students. How are you feeling? What's going on? You know, why are you making, you know, what, what, what happened? How are these are, you know, those restorative questions that you can ask of your students rather than just immediately bringing down the hammer, so to speak, and saying, we don't act this way, we don't do this, and I'm guilty of it too. <laughs> but, you know, asking more probing questions rather than lecturing, especially this time of year, because you don't know what could be causing some of those anxiety triggers to be happening in a kid, and you might be surprised when you hear some of the answers. So mm -hmm. yeah. those are just some thoughts I'm having about school and anxiety. And then I did uh, find an article I'll link to in the show notes. I will say this article is definitely more for the parents' point of view. So maybe share it with your parents in your school or read it yourself if you're a parent like me. Um, it's a Washington Post article about why anxiety happens and some things we can do as parents to curb it with our own children if we have the time and resources to do this. We know not all families do, but a lot of it is about keeping routines and um procedures, I mean, routines, family routines, consistent, limiting screen time, which we know is a big thing, um, not over scheduling our kids too much. You know, it's a lot of these things we know, but it was just, it was a good reminder. It's a quick article to read with some of those reminders of how to have a summer with your own kids with hopefully less anxiety and more just peace and joy. Exactly. It's time for a work smarter, not harder teacher tip. And Tanya's got something fabulous to share with us today. Well, I don't know about fabulous, but it's something that I need reminding about. That's all right. All so I have been putting in some marathon hours on trying to uh, clean up my home base music room, but also to organize and transport some things like manipulatives and books and puppets over from my homeschool to my new school, which is my traveling school. And it's been very handy since I'm going there anyway to like take a carload here and take a carload there. But one thing that I'm often reminded about myself is that I can take it too far and burn myself out for, you know, a couple days. So I'm just here to tell me to take a break when you need to take a break, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's worth taking like, oh gosh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, maybe a half an hour, maybe an hour. It's worth taking time to not do, you know, those, those things. Um, if the alternative is okay, well, I just like, plowed through and I did four hours of boxing things up and labeling things and putting things in the car. And then for the next five days, I don't want to do it anymore. Right. right? So just a reminder, Tanya, it's okay to Very step too. back and do a wordle yeah. <laughs> or a hurdle uh, or quartal. Yeah. That one. Oh, it's when you do four. It's, it's the four wordles at once. Have you done that? No, but I need. Oh, I'm really bad at it. Oh, I've only gotten all four once. Um, I'm I'm bad at all of them, but anyway. So it's, slow and steady wins the race is what you remind slow me. Slow and steady wins the race. I love and it. I I am a poster child for slow and steady wins the race. 
Um, but yeah, so take breaks when you need to take breaks, just like you would give your students and, and recognize that burning yourself out and plowing through is not worth it. Totally. And hey, it's time for our CODA section where we talk about something we're enjoying in or out or more out of the music room because we're going to be out of oh, the music yeah. room. Okay. So okay. what you're going to be doing or what have you been doing? This is a total out of the music room. So I watched the show Candy on Hulu because, you know, true crime is my thing. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, I looked at that. I thought, that does not look for me. No, but, but if but you like true yeah. crime. Okay, but warning, warning. It's it's real graphic in the last episode. That's all I'll say. It just Spoilers. is. Spoilers. But way more than I'm even used to. And I, I did the whole, like, pillow in front of my face. Oh, no. That's really not for me. Though. Eyes behind my pillow. hands, but spread them out occasionally for a good two minutes of that show Dang, um, wow. but besides that um the show itself is really well done jessica beale is fantastic in it as well as um the other gal whose name i just had in front of me melanie Lin linsky Lin linsky i think is how you pronounce it um are the two main characters um it's just it's just really well done it was it's only five episodes um Definitely, I, I would I would take it slow just because it's a lot to process in, in one sitting. I think I watched two episodes in one sitting and said, I, I can't do that. And then so for the rest of it, I watched one per day because um, wow. it's heavy. <laughs> that, is, that is so not for me. I'm so glad you're enjoying it. Though. That's great. I did enjoy it. And um, I mean, I could see myself rewatching it later in the summer now that I kind of know what's coming. I mean, you kind of know what's coming, but when it happens, it's like, wow, okay. Um, and just fun little, fun little side thing is um, Justin Timberlake is in it, and it's just so cute because he doesn't look like Justin Timberlake very much. Um, but I read about it, and I guess he like he did it for free. He didn't get paid for it. He just like wanted to be in this. Well, his wife was and, doing it, so exactly. You know. And he's Justin Timberlake. He can do these things, and I just I just think he's hilarious in everything he does. And even though this is not a hilarious story um his part in it is is quirky and kind of funny and i don't know i just i just enjoyed it so if you like true crime and you're not afraid of a little bit of you know grittiness um maybe check it out but just pace yourself <laughs> okay awesome. okay what about you tanya do you like the rock and roll <laughs> sure i was about to start <laughs> singing some joe jet and then i decided not to i like the rock and roll i, I... I like music. I like listening to music. And one of my favorite things is going and seeing live music. Oh, man. Um, and I have four concerts coming up in the next three weeks. Man. I'm not ashamed to say. Um, anyway, but the first one that's happening in just a couple of days is Spoon. I love Spoon. And they have a new album, new-ish album, Lucifer, Lucifer on the Sofa. They're they're a rock band, rock and roll band. I don't think rock and roll exists anymore. Just they're a rock band from um, uh, Austin, Texas, and they are just uh, my all-around go-to. Here's some great energetic music to listen to. I just I love Spoon. 
so yeah, I just have to recommend if you if you like the rock and roll and you and you want some fun music, it's good to clean your classroom by. Um, been listening to a lot of Spoon. All of their albums are fantastic. Spoon, Spoon, Spoon. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to see them the day, the night before the last day of school. And on the last day of school, that night, we have another concert. We're going to see Bauhaus. Oh, guess what? What? Not that anybody knows or cares. Today is the official World Goth Day. I thought it was the other day because you texted Well, it was that they were on KEXP. They were doing it for Sunday since they, John in the morning, John Richards didn't have a Sunday morning show. But Oh, it's really actually today. It's really actually today. And I know, I'm, I know, no, nobody's listening and going, yay, Bauhaus, because I'm old. And the good news is. Be surprised, Tanya. Yeah, well, the good news is me and my husband, we're going to be able to get right up to the very foot of the stage because we just have to compete with everybody is our age and older. So, you know. <laughs> I'm sure it will be a great time. A little more energy goes a long way, but I don't know how we're going to fare. After seeing Spoon the night before, I'll probably have to take a disco nap, which is fine with me. Yeah. And then we're seeing Tears for Fears. And then we're seeing Jack White. Um you know, a few days later, Tears for Fears, a few days later, Jack White, and I'm happy, happy about all that. Yay, concerts. Yay, concerts. But my, really, my coda is Spoon. Listen to some Spoon. Listen to Spoon. Okay. Yeah. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk. If you enjoyed this show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. In our next episode, we'll be talking about part one of Culturally Responsive Teaching and the Brain by Zaretta Hammond. That episode is scheduled to drop around June 19th, so be sure to grab your copy of the book and start reading. Until next time, this is Tanya. And this is Carrie, wishing you happy musicking. <laughs> <laughs>